Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 249. Today, you're going to hear from the makeover master and how he went from liquid millionaire to over 200,000 in debt and bounced back. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Mike Young. Mike, welcome. Thanks for having me, Heather. It's a pleasure to be here. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live in Oregon, uh, Corvallis, Oregon, which is about 90 minutes south of Portland. Um, I'm known as the makeover master, which is uh, kind of a, uh, you know, arrogant name, <laughs> but, but it's, uh, it's really just the fact that um, I help people get their business working when it's not. And once it is working, we help make it pretty when it doesn't look the part. And that's, that's pretty much what I do. But a lot of it, as you know, uh, and we talked before the podcast deals with, with mindset issues and, and so much of the game is played between our ears. So I do a lot of mindset work, a lot of coaching and, and help people get their business working. Well, and I would think the big thing behind a makeover master is you are mentoring people from all the experiences in the, Hey, don't do this factor. Yeah. I mean, I, I went through a journey that it took me a long time to kind of discover myself again. And I just have a long, a long, awkward journey of spending a lot of money and buying a lot of books and courses and stuff. And so I have a passion around helping others avoid some of those missteps I made and, and some of the pain that I went through. Um, because it wasn't, it wasn't all wine and roses. It was a, it was a, a path that I struggled for a long, long time to, to ultimately cross over to the other side. Yeah. But would you, can you say in hindsight, would you do it all over again? <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a great question. I, I wouldn't take anything away. Um, I really, I'm grateful for the experiences I've had. Uh, some of the darkest days, the hardest days, uh, turned out to be some of the biggest breakthroughs and the biggest growing experiences that I've had as a person. And, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a damn thing now. But if you'd asked me at the time, I'd, I'd be like, there's no way I want to go through it again, you know? Right. No, I totally agree. But those, I mean, maybe a little cliche, but it's like grow through what you grow through. And even me, things that I've been through, yeah, you're right. Sometimes it freaking sucks when you're in it. Yeah. But without that, then I wouldn't have built the mindset muscle. Even like what the world is going through right now, without the mm. years of personal development experience I had to strengthen my mindset, know that it's happening for me to focus on what I can control without all those tools, I think that I would probably be a pretty stressed wreck. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you. Like I, 
I, I was telling uh, a friend of mine the other day, I was just like, I'm so grateful for all the work I've put in because I, th- this whole coronavirus thing and whatever is, it's like as an entrepreneur, you run into obstacle. How do I overcome it or go around it or solve it? And so I built this patterning and conditioning around there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be something coming at you. And this is just another, it's like, this is just another day. Um, even though it's, it's interesting to watch other people. Um, it, it's almost like we're in a period of exposure. It's exposing weak mindsets. It's exposing weak businesses. It's exposing people that, that are, have been on the edge for a long time. And so as soon as their patterns get interrupted or their routines get interrupted, they, they freak out, um, which is normal. It's, there's nothing against that. It's just that I'm, I'm grateful for what, what I'm, where I'm at today, the work I've done to arrive because, and I say arrive, that's kind of maybe a bad word, but somewhere along that journey, I started to fall in love with the process of it all. And that was, that was a huge turning point for me because I was no longer trying to get somewhere. I just was, I'm always going to have kind of a, a thing I'm going after and there's going to be obstacles and challenges I have to overcome. I think presence is one of the things that it's something I work on because I used to always, I was very much in the habit of future tripping. I was mm. always planning for next week, next trip, next month, next day off, whatever. But to come back enough. to, yeah, to come back to presence because that's the only thing guaranteed right now. I mean, that takes training. And, and I don't know, we talked about this before we started recording is like, it's, it's almost weird because I've, when I'm in these moments and I'm not like right now, I'm just here with you. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about my next meeting. I'm, I'm just present with you, but it, it's taken me a couple of years to kind of get used to that because I was always looking for the next thing and think, you know, very distracted, I guess is the way I would put it. It's like, huh. I, I would have a conversation with my mom or my wife or somebody like, or my kids but I wasn't really there. It's like you're watching a show with them, but you're not fully present. And so you're, you're checked out, you know, you're, you're just not paying attention to, it's like, you can't control the past. You can't control the future. And, but yet my mind was always in the future or the past in some way. And so once you can snap that and build new patterns and routines, things begin to change. A concept I really want to talk about is, and you shared with me that mindset is the foundation of your house. What do you mean by that? It, it's, it is kind of like a house is, is if you, how I would describe it. Like if you can't take care of your own house, uh, you have no business trying to coach somebody else or take care of their house or tell them how, like if you can't make your own bed and brush your own teeth and clean your own bedroom, you have no business going into somebody else's house and judging them for having a messy living room, you know? And, and if you, if you don't get the the basics squared away and your mindset squared away, then it's, it's almost like everything you build on top of it's built upon a weak foundation and it'll just crumble upon itself. So, and that's kind of what happened with several different businesses of mine in the mid two thousands was, was I would build all this stuff on top of a weak foundation. And then it would, it would, it's almost like it would collapse very quickly and I couldn't figure out why. And it was because I never, I never took care of step one, which is just getting comfortable with myself under getting. And I think so much of the game is just clarity. 
It's like being very clear on what you want, what, what your value system is, what's important to you, because that's, that's where clarity equals speed and decisions and money loves speed. And so if you're going after money or you're going after stuff or whatever it is, is, is clarity is like, when you look at like some of the greatest generals in the world or, or military leaders, they've always been praised for making quick decisions but it's like the quick decisions just because they know what their end objective is and their outcome. They're so clear that they can quickly decipher that's helping me or hurting me. And they make quick decisions and they move on. So back then when you had a weak foundation, what was your mindset like, or what were your, did you have mm. now? Can you see what were your disempowering beliefs or where didn't you have clarity? Um, it's, it's, I, and I have a huge, place in my heart for people that are going through it because it did take me a long time to kind of go through that journey. Um, my mindset was wrecked because I had, I think, I think I grew up like a lot of people grow up where we're told like you go to school, you, you sit down, you be quiet, you follow the rules, you go to high school, you go to college, you build a, a business, maybe you get a job, uh, you have a house and a wife and two kids, uh, cars, stuff, money, and I had done all that, and, I, and yet I was finding myself miserable. You know, I was mis miserable going to the office 80 hours a week. And, and I, I was like, this is what I was always told to do that would make me happy, and yet I wasn't happy. And so I really began to question all these things. But I, I think looking back, I'd built my identity around the Amer quote-unquote American dream. And... All of that got stripped away. I had this uh, fairly large mortgage company. It was 10 offices, 250 employees. And it went under in 2008. And that not only stripped my company away, but it stripped, it went from liquid millionaire to $200,000 in debt in like six months. And so I, I had everything stripped away, but what got stripped away wasn't the money. It was my identity that I built the, you know, like that was me. And so when that identity gets stripped away and you're left kind of like naked and in the middle of the street, you're like, oh, shit, what do I do next? Um, and so I had to rebuild my identity and the mindset issues were I had very negative self-talk going on for a long time. Like it was this is your fault. You're stupid. And, and I was very shameful. This is my fault that all these employees lost their job. This is my fault that my family is struggling with money. And so my mindset was wrecked because I was telling and reinforcing a story that I wasn't worth having success again. I, I deserved, I almost deserved to suffer because I had caused pain for other people. So now it was my time to suffer. And I just created a very unique way. Well, I wouldn't say it's very unique. I would just say I created a mac masking mechanism that's very similar to how people deal with drugs and alcohol, but mine turned into be knowledge courses and seminars and events. Cause I felt like if I was working on that stuff to rebuild it, it was, it was a creative distraction from the truth and the reality. Um, so people use all sorts of different coping mechanisms. Sometimes it's Netflix or Amazon or shopping, or sometimes it is drugs and alcohol. But my coping mechanism was courses and knowledge products and books and all this stuff and I, I found myself almost a decade later confusing the hell out of myself because I had too much knowledge. You know, it was like I had all this stuff in my head and I saw, I saw every path, so I chose no path. 
Dude, you speak my language. That that took me back to, <clears throat> so when I first quit corporate, I was traveling because I wanted to. I wanted some freedom. I wanted release. I, I needed a break from corporate. And that's exactly what I did. And then I started wanting to build my own brand and business. And then I found myself, my numbing out mechanism, I kept traveling to distract myself so I wouldn't have to, I couldn't fail at business if I wasn't trying. Yeah. So my, I just kept booking the next trip and the next trip. And then I realized, oh, I keep booking the travel so I don't have to do the work to build the business because then I can't fail. But it was this whole trigger awareness. And I was like, okay, no more travels. We got to take a break. And that was very, very true for me because the coping mechanism was and not deciding and digging in meant I never fully had to put myself out there, which means I can't fail again because the pain of failing was, was very painful for me. I didn't want to experience that again. So I was finding ways that to not experience that again, which was if you don't put yourself out there, there's no way to fail. And so I think we all know what that's like. You you get these dopamine hits when you start telling your family and friends like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to start a podcast. That's a good example. I'm going to start a podcast, everybody. I'm going to write a book. And so you get these dopamine hits from telling everybody what you're going to do. And then when you when that doesn't work or when you stop after a month and you and you almost get these little needles, you know, from from people closest to you like, hey, how's that podcast thing going when they already know that it's almost like they're getting pleasure out of watching you fail. Um, but it, it, it that's how it feels anyway. It's like the people closest to you just want you to be happy. They want you to be comfortable. They want you to be safe is really what it comes down to. And so they will tell you, don't, don't do that thing that seems risky or don't do that thing. Like, why don't you just get a job? And, and for me, like getting a job again would, was, would have been soul crushing. I would have, I would have wound up 80 years old, miserable, um, regretful, all those things. And so I'm lucky that I made it through, honestly, like I'm lucky I made it through that experience because, um, because once you commit and once you decide to go all in like that, and you know, you're not going back to the job, you, you're going to have obstacles and experiences that begin to question all your decision-making and, and you're going to have moments where you have to sell, like I, I had to sell my car to pay my team. I had to sell things to, to make this thing work. And, and it just took a lot longer than I thought it was going to. So question back when you liquid millionaire to 200 K in debt, and then over consuming all the self-help stuff, what was the, what flipped the switch to get you on track and where you are today? Mm, um, I get asked that a lot, like on a lot of different podcasts and stuff. And I kind of wrote the, wrote about that in my book is, is that it, it wasn't just one moment. It's like there was a million moments that, that added value to each other. And, and there were a couple of key moments. Um, number one was I, I finally realized I began like meditating and journaling a lot which is kind of how it led into like me writing a book was I kind of looked down at this journal. I was like, shit, this could help other people. Um, but, but somewhere along the way I realized like I had issues around shame and self-worth. And, and so I started reading uh, books by Dr. Phil and Brene Brown and really like people that were getting me to analyze the inside and not the outside. Uh, Garrett White, I read his book and, and so once I recognized that I had a mindset issue and I also was able to recognize I had 
an issue with marketing and advertising and copywriting. Like those were my two big things. I had all this knowledge. I didn't know how to put it together. And I think the biggest turning point for me was the day that I stopped and asked for directions. Um, the, every problem in the world has almost all been solved by somebody else before you. And so as soon as I raised my hand and said, I'm frustrated, I'm stuck, I'm broke, I'm all these things, I need some help. I had probably a half a dozen or dozen people just raise their hand and say, oh, I, I've been there too. Would you like some help? And that was the, the turning point for me was when I stopped and asked for directions. Um, and I think that was a key thing that I tell other people is, is stop getting advice from people that haven't done what you're trying to do. And so my, my parents, for an example, they give me terrible advice because they hadn't done what I was trying to do. So I found, I found somebody to help me fix my mindset. I found somebody to help me fix my marketing, advertising, and copywriting that had already done it. And I was able to unwind almost a decade's worth of stuff uh, in 18 months. So it was like eight and a half years of trying to figure this game out. And 18 months and 15 countries later, like completely turned everything on its head. And so, but the, you're saying that all li lied within. You had to do the inner work and stop seeking all the external knowledge consumption. Yeah, it was like I was seeking to, I was always trying to get somewhere, like you said. I was always future pacing. And so if if I have this money in my bank account, then I'll be happy. If this happens with my business, then it'll work. And, and so asking for help, uh, getting some advice, getting some help, um, direct help, like, like that's the problem with books and courses and seminars is their general help. And, and so that's not like specific help. It's like the reason it took so long was because every time I got stuck or had a question, I was going to Google. So I would spend maybe four hours to disseminate the information and, and find the answer. Where when I had a, a couple of mentors, I was getting my answers in four minutes that might take me four hours. And so that was the difference between eight and a half years versus 18 months was all these little questions I had. Getting, do you get immediate answers with direct help? Or do you try and search through the generic information to find the, the answer that you're looking for. So what were the answers in the direct help? How was that different from what you were reading or consuming? Was well, it like my mindset coach, um, my mindset coach, I can't even describe necessarily how he helped me. He's an NLP hypnosis. Uh, I call him a wizard. Um, he put me through a process that helped me rewire how my brain was working and what I was focusing on. So it's almost like I can't even describe what he did for me in certain ways, which is kind of weird. Like somebody that helped me and profoundly changed my life, but I can't really tell you how he did it. Um, and then, and then some of the stuff on the marketing, advertising, copywriting side, I, I don't know. It was like, it's like I was opening doors in, in a mansion and they just pointed me to the right doors faster. You know, it was like the direct help was, yeah, you don't need that right now. You need this because I've been there before you. Is there something, do you have a morning routine or what are you doing on a consistent basis to strengthen and, and keep that solid foundation so everything you do going forward, I understand you'll still come up against obstacles and challenges, but how are you strengthening so that you limit the time, you know, the learning curve? 
I, I went through a, fa- a period where I was trying to perfect my morning routine and like, oh, if I wake up at this and I journal and I meditate and whatever, I've, I've kind of gone through to an, another, what I would consider another phase. Um, that phase was, was good for me because I was, a lot of it comes back to some of the basics, breathe, diet, exercise, water, um, raise your serotonin levels, um, give your give your brain space so that you're not um, overwhelmed all the time. And that, that phase was good. So I was, I was meditating and journaling and doing a lot of yoga. Um, and I would, I would knock the basics out in the morning. So that was, I began to prioritize differently. Um, now I, I don't really, I don't necessarily have a set morning routine. I I'm focused on what, every single decision and every single day, does this make me feel better or make me feel worse? Like, it's almost like I'm, I'm very aligned with my own energy and who I am. So it is, it's, it's every decision. And the best way I could describe that is like, your body's always telling you like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to go to this party, uh, Tupperware party tonight? And they're going to sell us this, this Amway or this Arbonne or something. And your body kind of is like, you know, you hesitate, right? You just take a deep breath and you're like, I don't really want to go to this party, you know? And so the difference is in listening to your body that already knows the decision almost instantly that you don't want to do that versus doing it because you value somebody else's opinion or something more than you value your own. And so what was happening was all those little micro decisions where you choose somebody else's values over your own or somebody else's worth over your own lead you to a place of tremendous stress or a place of tremendous well-being. And so it's like I really focus on every single decision on does this feel good to me or does it not? Is it, is it raising my energy or is it dragging from my energy? And, and I think a huge one was, was also relationships and environment. Um, it's like I had to remove relationships that were dragging my energy um, and, and some of those relationships are very hard to remove fully. Um, some of them were my parents. I went through a couple year phase where instead of seeing my parents daily, I saw them every few weeks. And so I had to limit relationships that were not helping serve me to get to where I wanted to be, um, during that phase. And so I think it is about, it's about all these little micro decisions that lead up to a big thing. We really have had very parallel lives because on that note, I've come to embrace and I don't feel guilty about it anymore. But if it's not a hell yes for me, then it's a hell no. I, yeah. don't, I don't ever feel like I have to do something. And then on the note about your environment, I 100% agree that, I mean, I found myself in social circles that were still getting drunk on weekends and talking about nothing where I love real connection, meaningful conversation. How are you growing? What are you doing? you know? And so I had to, I, I, somebody else shared this with me, but that people come into your life for a reason, a Mm -hmm. season or a lifetime. And so you're right. It was hard to, and part of that almost felt like an identity because I've somewhat isolated or I really have isolated myself from social groups just because not that I'm better. I'm not better. We simply have a different interest. And in order to grow in my direction, I had to, I had to pivot. Yeah. And, and I love that it it does come like we're hardwired, right? Our brains are are, our lizard brains or caveman brains are are like, we're always in this constant state of fight or flight where we're basically trying to survive. 
And so for 190,000 years, we are, we're worried about getting eaten by tigers or somebody attacking us or whatever. And, and those things, you know, it's only been like the last 10,000 years that human beings have kind of gotten to the top of the food chain, so to speak. And, and that stuff is so hardwired that you don't recognize it until something like what's happening today, like with the coronavirus, somebody, somebody coughed behind me in the supermarket. Well, that normally wouldn't even register, but I, I turned around. I'm like, how close is that person to me? Right? Like that's how hardwired that, that fight or flight mechanism is in our brains where we're basically scared, vulnerable creatures all the time, but we don't think about it. Right. We don't, we don't, you don't think about, um, how, how like sitting on a chair, like how your butt feels on the chair until somebody says that, then you start thinking about how does that feel? So we, we're always masking these things. We don't think about there's nine asteroids that fly within a million miles of the planet every single month, but we don't, we don't want to think about that, that we're, we're not in control of the ship, you know, like that we're not in control of the universe or the planet. We're just part of the ecosystem, you know? And so, so if you can recognize that we're all scared and vulnerable and, and then you can begin, begin to build your habits and patterns and routines all to support what you want instead of what you don't want and shift your focus just a little bit, you start getting new results. Spot on, 100% agree. So then question for you, what is a key takeaway you want listeners to get from our conversation? It's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect the way you are. Uh, everything that you need is already inside of you or in the surrounding relationships. Um, we're, all, we're all like less than two connections from everybody everywhere in the world. So that's, that's, what's amazing. It's like, you just start to put these things out into the universe, which, and I know you'll relate to this, but for somebody like me that didn't grow up that way, I would have said, Oh, that's woo woo or that's, that's BS or whatever it is. But it's like, you say, I want to get on, I want to get an interview with Oprah Winfrey. Well, I know my buddy, Larry and my buddy, Larry knows Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan knows Oprah. Like within a couple connections, you can start to make some things happen if you just get clear on what you want and you just decide. And, and that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to making a decision of what you want and accepting that you're worth it enough to actually get it and, and to allow those things to happen for you. And, and so I look back at the path and I know it's a long winded answer, but, but I was actually not allowing good things to happen to me for a long time because my self worth was wrecked. My mindset was wrecked. And so People would literally try and pay my business money and I'd figure out ways to say no. Which or, is crazy. Or what I mean, people self-sabotage all the time because they feel unworthy. Totally. Conscious. That's, that's, that, was, that was it. That, at the end of the day, it's like what is you said you mentioned the word freedom earlier. What is freedom? Freedom's living your life the way that you want to live it. And and that that's the ultimate freedom. And so what I find a lot of times with clients is I I ask them very simple questions and they get really frustrated just like I did, just like probably you did 15 years ago, which is, what do you want? Like, and, and when you can't answer that question, it's frustrating because that's, it, it does come back to the basics. What do you want? Okay, well, let's reverse engineer all of our habits and routines and relationships and surround myself in a way that virtually guarantees that what you want happens. Yes. And I think the the final note to tie that all together is that 
you, the listener, you have total control and power over your, if you want to call it your destiny or your reality, or, you know, stop blaming external forces and, and go to the common denominator with yeah, it. I would, I, I would hundred percent agree. I would say you get to create your own delusion because this whole thing yes. is, is the whole thing's delusional. It's like somebody, somebody at some point said, Hey, it would be a good idea if we built this thing and we started taking pictures of the universe and we built these other things and they hover around the earth in this way. And we create cell phones that talk to satellites. That was that would have been like, you would have looked at that person a hundred years ago. Like you are outside your mind. Well, somebody was delusional enough to make all that stuff happen. Yeah. No, that's a very fair statement. Okay. Then <laughs> I have a few questions for you to wrap up the interview. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Man, that's a good question because I don't necessarily know. <laughs> no, um, I would just say do more of what makes you happy. Yeah. Hey, simple, right? Yeah. What is it. A, what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? I'll, I'll, I'll give you three books that I give to like my, my highest level clients uh, when they are saying they want to break through things. Um, number one is How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World by a guy named Harry Brown. Uh, the second book, if you're in the business world, is Breakthrough Advertising. And the third book is The Power of Habits by James Clare. Because if you, can, if you can get comfortable with your definition of freedom and then understand some fundamental business stuff and then build your habits and routines around it, you'll get what you want. Yes, I'd agree. Okay, final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Get clear on what you want. Find somebody that's already done it before, ask them for help or hire them as a mentor or a coach or pay them or work for them for free and surround yourself with somebody that's already done what you're trying to do. And you'll get your answers a hell of a lot more quickly than books and courses. Yeah, fair enough. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today and having this conversation. Heather, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it. Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode. 